0: And Welcome back to the podcast, Parent Life, where my dad uses his acquired knowledge from years of preposterous babysitting to help out all the parents listening out there, and where I give out fun little stories for these intros, like the time I quit my job before I had another one lined up, so now I get to relax around the house and make the intros for the podcasts to pay for some of my insurance bills. Alright guys, enough of the fun talk, let's get down to business, to defeat the Huns, wait I mean bad behaviors, (laughs) take it away dad. Hello, podcast family! Welcome back. Uh, This is exciting. This is the first podcast in the new house. We have moved. I think think you guys knew that. Uh, Life got crazy for a minute. Um, it's not. You know, things aren't going great, but we're moving forward, and you just keep going. You don't. You don't stop. You don't get discouraged. You don't get down. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that update by Nile. Excuse me, not update. pre-recorded intro by Niall so we recorded that a little while ago before she went off to college and I came across I'm like oh man I haven't used that one yet so that was fun for me to listen to and just hear her voice hope you enjoyed it too uh, she is in college in Birmingham Alabama and so she's coming back here for Christmas in just a couple of weeks we just had her back for Thanksgiving for a little bit and it's it's quite the experience just to have a kid go off to college and and it's really it's really been a neat time of life where she'll call about some of her classes and stuff that's going on, and we'll just talk through things, so... Anyway, you, you probably didn't enjoy that as much as I did, but anyway, it's been great. Uh, for us, we are in a new house. My wife didn't like the floors, and so all the floors had to come out in the, in the bottom level, and they're being replaced with new flooring, so that's taken up a significant portion of my time. She also didn't like the trim work, so the trim work is being painted, um, and uh, and we're not big fans of the kitchen either. So, however, that's a different project for a different day, and at uh, a point in time when we're making more money. For w- this season has been one of a lot of change, really fast. So, she is looking. My wife is looking at becoming a medical student for a little while and starting a medical career. She has never worked outside of the house. Well, that's not true, a couple months way back in the beginning. But um, our youngest is going to be finishing up his sophomore year in high school. So, and our oldest after this year, our, our middle child will be going to college after this year. So, we're, we're rapidly approaching empty nesters, which is a dramatic change from a house where we probably averaged, you know, more than 10 kids in the house consistently to now being empty nesters, um, we're looking forward to it a little bit, but at the same time, it's a little bit sad. Let me just review it through real quick how we're paying the bills these days. So I have started a new career as a home inspector, got my license certification. I'm certified to check for termites as well. Just went through a bunch of classes with that and uh, have been kind of training under a couple guys here in Oklahoma City. So if you're in the Oklahoma City area and you need a home inspection, you know, of anybody, uh, please give me a call. I would be happy to do it. And something has to pay the bills. So it's before we became house parents. Uh, I was in construction and concrete and framing and foundations. And, and then I was in the oil field for a while. And I was a roughneck for a while. And then I did safety inspections in the oil field. Uh, right when we were first married, I was doing HVAC maintenance and apartment, flipping apartments, um, flooring. So home inspections is kind of a accumulation of my life before being a house parent so all of all of those things kind of came together in home inspections and so all that experience is lined up nicely and just pushing ahead with that Um, something's got to pay the bills and 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 so that's where we're going right now uh been doing it for a while here in the oklahoma city area and like i said if you need anybody um right now my website is okchomeinspect.com and I'm doing 15% off for anybody who's involved in foster care or adoption. I mean, it's we're just... <laughs> if you're in foster care or adoption in the Oklahoma City area, we're all about you. So, you know, well, there's definitely going to be a, a break in that area, that arena. So today I want to talk a little bit about emotional abrasion, verbal response, couch time and emotional peace. And this is all going to tie together right at the end of the segment. But let me just start with the importance of a verbal response. So throughout our tenure as parents in every aspect, we always required our kids, both bio and any kids in the home, to respond to us verbally when we were giving an instruction. Now, This is different than from a statement like, I love you, or I like you, or you're a great young man. Those, we don't require a response, right? That's conversational. When it moved to instruction, especially giving a direction or telling them to do something, that requires a verbal response from the child. There's a lot of people today that are moving away from this. This used to be rather commonplace in our culture, and and for good reason, Um, people are moving away from this. They feel like it's controlling, they feel like it's authoritarian, and they feel like it's somehow subduing or tamping down the natural response of the child. And, and, And I can see that to a degree. However, a verbal response kicks the kid's brain into a non-defiant attitude. Now, it's not magic. It doesn't just automatically happen no matter what. But right away, a little bit of that, because most of the time, when we're telling one of our kids to do something, the first response is not, oh, sure, Mom and Dad, I love you, and I'm happy to do whatever you ask. It's just not. (laughs) We... I was a kid for a while. It's a long way back now, but for a while. And that's just not how I responded to instructions about chores or responsibilities. I didn't want to do it. I just didn't. I wanted to go have fun. I wanted to do anything else. I did not want to do the responsibilities that I had in my life. When that resistance is slightly negated by a verbal response, something clicks in the brain that that immediate acceptance and so when there's a habit of saying okay or yes sir yes ma'am or no problem or whatever whatever you're requiring from your kids that habit helps them to have an emotional a better emotional response it also helps them stay away from those strong negative emotions again if you're working with a child from trauma there's going to be strong negative emotions when you tell them to do things they their their authority figures in their life have been abusive and so there's going to be a wall there's going to be pushback. That's okay. you still require the response and then we still work through the process of whatever the pushback is. and I've gone over that many times in the in the defiance and, and uh, response episodes that I have in the archive. However, that we're, what we're doing is we're helping. Train emotional synergy. We're helping to get the whole family on the same page and that starts with a yes, I'll do it or okay or whatever you want from them. We, of course, as parents have a responsibility to give appropriate instructions. Right? We don't have have your instruction include never again do that or you will always blank. Right? These are these are impossibilities almost all the time for kids to say, you will always have a good attitude. Do you understand me? Yes, ma'am, yes, sir. That's, that's, a very, that's an inappropriate instruction. So we say, I want you to try really hard to have a good response when I'm talking to you. Yes, sir. Okay, that's, we have to phrase our instructions properly. We have that responsibility as parents. There are generally two types of negative responses to instruction that we don't want to hear. The first one is argument. The second one is to ignore. Most kids fall into the ignore. Most kids are not trying to start an argument with their parents or get into a battle or fight, right? Uh, unless the parents come in a tone that's that's ready for that fight or that battle, you know? If you come emotionally escalated, that draws, that certainly draws kids in. Most kids are in a I'm going to try and ignore this state or stage. And so the process of this is they don't look at the parent when the parent's giving an instruction and they don't respond because that helps them to ignore, right? They want to think about something else. They want to do something else. And they, not consciously, but their brain, they're channeling their brain off of whatever the instruction is. And it helps them to not look and to not respond. So we are helping them to get into the right habits. You turn around. When when, when I'm give, when we're in just in conversation with, with our kids, like it's not, you know, they don't have to be looking at us. You know, this is just normal, typical conversation. When I'm giving a direct instruction, they're looking at me and then they're going to give a response when I'm done. Okay. And, and, if it's, and if it's a little bit complicated, I might have them repeat the steps. Again, this has to be appropriate, but we also have responsibility to, to challenge and help our kids grow in multi-step tasks. So if it is appropriate for you to give your child a three-step task, do it. And, and have them repeat the process and then, okay, I got it, Dad, at the end, and, and go do it. We also, if it's something like that, we'll have them check in. If it's not, not time-sensitive, you know, it hasn't, doesn't have to be done right now, you know, obviously you skip the check-in. But if it's a, hey, I need you to clean your room, then I need you to pick up the clothes that you have on the bathroom floor, and then come check in. You understand? Yes, sir. Okay, what are the three things? Um, the bathroom and... Okay, your room, the, bath, the stuff on the bathroom floor, come check in. Okay, what are the three things? So, so, so something like that where, again, many times the natural response is, to, is for the child to channel their brain to something else that they want to think about or that they, that they enjoy. And it's not your instruction, okay? And so we're helping them to get in that mode get the work done, and then they can move on to other things. Okay, now, there's a lot, of, there's a lot in us as parents that wants to avoid that emotional abrasion, right? It, it's work to do training, to be consistent about it, to, to have the same expectation and response and go over the same things every time. Almost all of us are coming from other jobs or other situations or other places where there is emotional abrasion, where we are, we have to be on, we have to be aware. We have to be very careful with our responses. And when we get home, we don't want to do that. And a lot of, a lot of parents let go at home, and they let go in one of two ways. Either emotionally, they get frustrated, irritated, or angry with their kid, and they're yelling, or they're ready to get into argument with their kid or they just let go of expectations or that like whatever. I don't you just go eat pizza on your on your bed and leave me alone because they're tired and they don't want to deal with any any sort of negativity. This is a hard thing. So number 1, spouses you need to encourage each other. And we need to understand that that it's spouses it's hard on each other to do this. So a lot of times parents end up criticizing the other spouse for not doing this perfectly. We need to give each other grace in this. All right? If you're if you're listening to this and you're like, "Oh man, my spouse needs to listen to this." <laughs> yeah, I've been there. I know that. It would be great if you can both listen to this, but we need to give each other grace. But doing something and trying is way better than doing nothing and just letting it go. Okay? I know I've been there. There's been plenty of times where I was just tired and I didn't want to deal with the situation and I avoided it. With the kids, with instruction, with training, I just avoided it completely. So I know that happens. However, we need to give effort to it. This there's there's kind of a classic response to things and one is an overreaction and the other is avoidance. And and psychologists have gotten into this a lot more. And I've delved into this a bit in prior episodes. But a lot of us had parents who were avoidant. They, they didn't get into the real work of emotional connection with us. For whatever reasons, and and, we, and we, are, we are continuing to transfer that in our own lives because that's how we were taught, unconsciously, but taught, this is how you interact with your family. Emotional avoidance. Emotional. The opposite of emotional avoidance is not emotional escalation, right? That's also inappropriate. There's a really difficult but highly rewarding line in the middle where it's emotional engagement. And we, we come in, we connect with our kids, we correct them when they're wrong, we continue to give instruction, we expect a positive response, we engage with them emotionally, and we expect them to engage with us emotionally, and in an appropriate manner it is difficult you do need to be on the same spate the same page with your spouse on this but it is also incredibly rewarding because very quickly you're looking at a mature relationship and that's and that's what we want and we want our kids to be able to do that not only in with us but with their spouses and the other important figures in their life there's there's research out there that says that some of this can't be avoided and some of this we can't we simply can't overcome I'm I'm not a psychologist I'm not going to speak to that but it is my personal opinion that we can always be getting better and we can consistently be working towards I don't know about perfection but high quality professionalism professionalism in the sense of this is I'm going to be I'm going to be doing this the right way, the best that I can. Before we get to the final part of this segment, I want to talk about couch time for a second. And couch time is a concept that I, I can't even remember the doctor who introduced this concept, but it was in a book I read a long time ago. And here's the idea, is that when, in, in, when dad walks in the door in, this, in the original concept, that there's, this, there's the initial greeting, you know, say hi to the kids, say hi to everybody. And then dad and mom take time on the couch with no kids present and just connect. Now, obviously, that's a little bit antiquated. Schedules are crazy in, in, in this day and age. And, and I completely understand that now as a home inspector. I mean, it's all it's all over the place. However, when there can be a time where mom and dad reconnect Preferably before dinner, before, before the evening. And, that, and the kids understand that this is the time just for mom and dad. Okay, so, so you, mom and dad, so if it's dad, maybe it's mom comes in the door, right? So I know a lot of families now where where mom's the primary wage earner in the house. The spouse comes in the door, we greet them, we connect, and then we say to the kids, okay, kids, this is just mom and dad time. Mom and dad are going to be on the couch, and you guys are not going to be on the couch. You can be around, but this is just our time. Okay, the initial response to that in our cultural environment is that's not fair, that's exclusive, that's emotionally debilitating. And all I can say is all of those ideas are completely wrong. Children are emotionally stable and emotionally at peace when they see mom and dad prioritizing each other. Okay, The mom-dad relationship is the most important part of parenting. They need to connect, and the children need to see them connect. They need to see that emphasis. Children want to be loved and need to know that they're loved, absolutely. But they also want to be at peace. And they are naturally at peace. Their Their anxiety naturally lessens when they see that mom and dad love each other and are also at peace together. I cannot overemphasize the importance of this. And while couch time itself may be problematic in your schedule and your in your life, something similar is possible for you. Now if you're single or in a situation like that, I, I understand like that's that's different. You know, you're not you're simply not capable of doing that right now. However, for those who are married and together, make couch time happen and make it happen in front of your children. So they see that. B, it will help your marriage. (laughs) You just have this this time where you just sit together, physically sit together, connect. You know, if whoever's coming in the door, there's undoubtedly emotional pressure from the day. That's probably not the time to talk about it. You can you know you can dump a little bit, but it's mostly just I'm so glad to be back here and with you and in this safe space with you, and in this house where I love everybody. That's what's happening during that time. And, and those emotions are, are natural. And, and they, it's like, well, I don't want to fake that. No, you're not going to be faking it. It's going to happen when you just sit down and take a break. Everybody can afford that five to ten minutes at some point to come in the door, say hi, connect for a second. We all have things, email, whatever needs to be done electronically. We all have more work to do. It's, I understand. But take that time, take that break, connect. You will not regret it, and your kids will love it. They will love it. It will help them settle down, de-escalate, because all of our kids see that emotional stress and abrasion between us as parents from time to time. They see that. They need to see the other side of it, too, where we say, my partner is my priority over everything. Even you guys, back up. I love them. And kids, it just does something for their soul. I, I promise you, it's, it sounds like we should be inclusive and the kids should be on the couch with us. But for that moment... That's not how it should be. Okay, let's wrap this up with a social media update. This is a study from Christakis and Shakya, two professors, one from Yale and one from UC San Diego, and they monitored their subjects through two years of Facebook, and they primarily monitored monitored them directly through the subject's Facebook account. What a lot of social media studies have found is that subjects are not honest about their social media use. (laughs) So they said, okay, we're going directly through the account so we know exactly what is going on here. So this study was for about 5,000 adults who were part of a Gallup long-term study. They got permission, went through the Facebook accounts. Here's, Here's one line in the conclusion that really caught me. Overall, our results showed that while real-world social networks were positively associated with overall well-being, use of Facebook was negatively associated with overall well-being. This was especially true regarding mental health. Most measures of Facebook use in one year predicted a decrease in mental health in a later year. So within one year of consistent monitoring of Facebook, they could predict you know what, this person's mental health is going to decrease. They monitored some other things like body mass index and things like that. But that's that's kind of a wow statement. Like within one year, mental health is going down with significant use of Facebook. Obviously, this is almost certainly true for the other social media sites as well. So if someone's out, well, that's Facebook, I'm on Instagram. No, <laughs> it's... It's social media. This is here's the reason I'm telling you this. I think everybody is a little bit has seen these studies or similar studies that are like, yeah, social media is bad. As a small business owner now, I understand the importance of social media. Like we're, we're working hard to advertise and get information out on social media. I'm tied into my friends who are not here in Oklahoma City, around the world, all over the place, family members who are not here. <clears throat> I love social media. It's incredible as far as connecting us and seeing what's happening in other people's lives. That being said, we have, we have to put a limit on it. And parents, I'm telling you this so that you are strengthened in the fight with your child regarding those limits. Right? You know how important this is, parent. However, the battle gets tough, and it's exhausting, and it's wearing. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't just let go and say, I'm just going to avoid a fight tonight. No, if if your child is responding negatively and giving you strong negative emotional feedback regarding limits on social media, it's okay to take their phone. You can take their phone. This is permission. I'm telling you, take it away. This, they have to be balanced. Obviously, deterioration of mental health can go all the way to suicide. This is not, I'm not... It's not a scare tactic, but we do know that this is a serious, serious issue. And I'm just reminding you, parent, how important this is. Put limits on it. You know, your limit can be, as I've said before, ours was always at bedtime, the phones went out in the main area and the kids were in their rooms all night long without the phone until the morning, right? That's at least the limit, in my opinion. You can also have limits around dinner time. Or, you know, if, if it's the constant battle about putting your phones away at dinner time, you know, say five o'clock, five o'clock phones go on the shelf. You can pick them up again tomorrow morning. I don't know. Like whatever it is, try to make a simple rule for your schedule and a rule that is not that you don't change every day. Right. Depending on schedule, simple rule. It goes here at this time. If people are fighting back, they lose their phone completely. Right. It's, It's a simple thing. You put it there right now. Done. You're not doing it. You lose your phone for a week or for a month if necessary. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay. They can lose their phone. (laughs) Whatever it costs them, they think, in popularity or, or social standing at school or whatever they think the cost is, it is not worth a significant decrease in mental health. It's just not. So make the choice. Parent, you know your lives, you know your schedules, you know your kids. You know you can see that response in them. You can see when they're deteriorating. Make the choice. Connect with your spouse to come in agreement on this and then make the call. And just I I just I can't overemphasize how important this is. Know what you're fighting for. You're fighting for that relationship, you're fighting for the emotional well-being of your child. Obviously, decreased mental health mental health is going to significantly affect them in all areas: academic, sports, physical, future career connections, relationships, everything. This this is a really important thing, and I think our nation is fighting this battle on a larger scale, and most people don't realize it. So step into a parent. When your child is older, they will not come back to you and say, Oh, I wish you'd had me allowed me to spend more time on social media. They're just not. They will be grateful for your encouragement of them being involved physically in life, in, in sports, in in connections, in, in being present wherever they're at. Like, we know that's important. And some of you parents, you're feeling guilty right now because you're like, yeah, I haven't been as present as I should have been. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Whatever your conscious is telling you to do, you need to do. You know, put the phone down, put the phone away. You know, you, I understand too. Like, home inspections are tied to my phone, and I need to have my phone next to me so I can answer people's phone calls and questions. It's, we are just tied in. However, there are times where I put my phone down and I go on an outing with my family and I leave my phone at the house. Like, it is possible. You can do it. I just encourage you, parent, prioritize those relationships that are not digital. Make it happen. Put the effort and the emphasis into it. And not only will your kids thank you, you will appreciate it yourself. All right, parents, we love you. May you do well. I encourage you. The the effort and the fight is worth it and you you just just the fact that you're in it is incredible. For those of you in foster care and adoption, we love you so much. We think about you. We pray for you. Keep going. I know it's hard. Keep going. You can do this. We love you all. Bye.